Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Today on the podcast, my guest is Ed Brixey. Ed is a combat veteran, business leader, author, and podcast host. He knows what it means to lead in a crisis. Ed and I discuss the difference between normal day-to-day leadership and crisis leadership. We also discuss his new books, which focus on daily leadership reflections. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to episode 17 of the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Ed Brixey. Ed is a former U.S. Army combat veteran and founder of Blue Cord Management. Blue Cord Management provides leadership development, coaching, training, and consulting services. Their mission is to transform good management into visionary leadership. Ed also hosts the Leadership Update Brief Podcast, of which I was a guest last year, and he recently wrote two books, two books, Daily Leadership Reflections, a guided journal for new leaders, and Daily Leadership Reflections, a guided journal for experienced leaders. So I'm excited to have him on the show today to talk about leadership in general and these two excellent resources. So, Ed, welcome. John, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So tell us about your military experience and how that created such a strong leadership foundation in you for, you know, going forward and and now um, leading Blue Cord Management. John, I think for a lot of us going in the military is you never really know what to expect. I was that 18-year-old kid, and military was probably the best option for me. And after getting you know a couple boots up, up my fourth point of contact and putting my head on straight, you realize just what a phenomenal impact that the NCOs have on the enlisted men and what kind of a culture that builds and what kind of collaborative teams that builds. And so after my service was over and after I earned my retirement, it's turned into, okay, how do we continue that legacy? Mm. Because training, leading, developing soldiers was, it was a passion of mine. Mm. So you get to looking at corporate America and I'm like sitting in a couple classes at school and I'm doing some internships and going around to various companies. I'm like, wow, these guys they have no idea what that culture is and what, mm. what kind of an advantage that can bring into an organization. And after I finished the MBA, I looked around at the consulting industry and decided, yeah, I'm going to put my flag in the sand and go for it myself and kicked off Blue Cord. That's phenomenal. I mean, it's it's really good to see that you're taking those, you know, the lessons that you learn in in, uh, in the military and then bringing them to the corporate world. So, so tell us a little bit about Blue Cord Management. You know, what are your primary objectives? Who who are the customers you're you're um, you're providing support to? And um, and by the way, tell us what Blue Cord means. So, for first, the, the story of the Blue Cord is I was an infantryman, and mm-hmm. on our dress blues, we had the blue cord designated our profession within the infantry as infantry. And so it that was my way of carrying that forward. Okay. 
And it was the legacy of the NCOs that I had. I had some amazing leaders that left a big mark on me and my leadership style when I was in those similar roles. And you just want to continue that. So mm. for Blue Cord, it's the story of every startup. It's you kick it off, you kind of know what you want to do. And that first year, I call my learning cliff. Um, coming out with an MBA is one thing, learning how to do all the nitty gritty tactical stuff mm -hmm. that I can write a good strategic plan for was something else completely. Mm. And we went from working with organizations and year one was a lot of, hey, how can I help you with leadership? What are some of your problems? And doing a lot of one-off seminars, a few coachings here and there. Year two, we took all of that knowledge and really in a nice iterative process, built out the first, what's now level one of our training program. And for new leaders, we took, a, I was looking at, what do new leaders need to know? Mm. And so started seeing the commonalities from the 30-something seminars I did in my first year, pulled out the big nuggets, the, the common questions, mm -hmm. made that level one. About nine months running that with clientele turned into, okay, this is great for new leaders, but for mm -hmm. senior leaders, this is a little bit too easy. And for executive, it's irrelevant. Right. So in our second year, we put out level two and level three. For senior leaders, we do deeper dives into mm. a lot better decision-making and knowledge of helping print people with career progressions and team building on a much more macro level. Nice. And then executives, we focus on a lot of cultural creation, executive impact on the organization. For that went great through last year. And so this year I was looking, as I start to work with some larger clientele and I'm now working with mostly middle market sized companies, mm -hmm. data drives everything. And right. being a training company is nice, but it's a horribly crowded market. There's a lot of just competition that I didn't mm -hmm. want to play in the sandbox. I wanted to go into consulting. Right. And so I took the training company and very fortuitously in January, we digitalized the whole thing. Nice. And it is now, we have all 26 modules of the training online. We roll through them on a 12 week basis, which is really exciting to have that in place. And then I've started introducing some new consultative products where we're able to take a look at doing a deeper dive into the informal networks of an organization. Mm. We have That's important. Um, a couple surveys that we've crafted that from the outputs of that, we craft a sociograph of we're looking at influencers, we're looking at stratification, mm. we're looking at siloing, and we have a really powerful visualization for all this. Nice. So we've introduced that here in the last two months. And with current clients, the beta tests are going phenomenal at, we're seeing some great results and we're crafting the stories behind all those anecdotes of, yeah, Bob's our go-to guy or Sally takes her team and she really stands on her own. We can visualize that now for organizations, which is truly, truly exciting. Nice. Now that's really important because I know I've sat through a lot of, I did 22 years in, you know, in corporate life. So I've sat through a lot of sessions where we discussed people and we never had anything visual mm -hmm. to talk through. And so it was always just everybody's opinions and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, we didn't make much progress in those sessions, but having it visual is probably very powerful. It's been incredibly powerful and it adds a very um, qualitative element to the data mm -hmm. and the, to the stories because it's something when you look at organizational relationships, it's so anecdotal, it's so, mm -hmm. you know, second story and almost hearsay to a point, being able to quantify that, look at it, run some positive metrics on it and then show a before and after when we run people through the training or when we have some coaching sessions that are directed 
by what we see, it mm. helps so much to make the changes that we need to make in an organization to build up that core leadership. Mm. That's fantastic. That's good. I mean, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that because, I mean, I think it's, I think it's important, um, you know, as you're, as you're trying to develop new leaders in an organization and trying to, you know, establish the right uh, relationships in a business and move a business forward. I think this is, these are the kind of tools that really help leaders to see what's going on in the organization. So that's really powerful. So that's really good, good to hear. And I think one of the things that I was excited about, and, and I think it's sort of a, I don't know if it was an add-on or a plug-in or a result of the work that you're doing is the two books that you've got out now. And, um, they're called the daily leadership reflection books. And one is for the the first one was out was for new leaders. Mm -hmm. And now it's coming out, it's come out for experienced leaders. And I actually, uh, went, went through the entire new leaders book right after it came out. And I loved it. I love the idea. I love the concept. And, um, you know, I write about a lot in my writing about the first 100 days, how important they are. And what I liked in your book is you're laying out what you should, you should be talking and thinking about every day on that leadership journey. So why did you write these books? What's your hopes uh, with getting these books out there? It's one of those I've always wanted to write a book. It's okay. I do a lot of blogs. I do a lot of podcasting. I create a lot of content and just to physically create something of that nature was just, okay, let's keep going with this. Mm. And so for the daily leadership reflections, it's sort of the entry level into the training programs. The daily leadership reflections for new leaders is a mirror of a lot of the concepts that we address in our level one training program. Mm. And when it was purely corporate based, when we we're doing it in corporate classrooms, it wasn't as accessible for people, but it's, like you said, it's important information for people to know. And those first 30 days when you're in a new leadership position, they're make or break from a lot of people's careers, not just the new leaders, but also their team members. Yes, We want to have things done right. And so putting that out there just to have as a resource for people, just to have as an aid, they don't have to come through the entire training program, but they can at least be exposed to some of these ideas and concepts, many of which they might not have ever even thought of before. Continuing that, when that one was released, we immediately jumped into um, book two, which is, again, a mirror of our level two program. So we start to dive into some deeper concepts and decision making, cognitive awareness of biases and heuristics, Mm. understanding roles in organizations and a little bit more of a strategic picture for growth so that you can better craft what your team is doing between their inputs and their outputs. And from that realm, it's really a refresher course. So if you're a seasoned leader, you've been around for a while, but you want some new ideas, mm. that's about really exciting to say that right now we're working on the next two books for that. I that figured as much. I figured Absolutely. that wasn't going to be the end of it. Yeah, no, so. we've got a series. So right now I'm that's incredibly great. passionate about entrepreneurship. So I'm working on daily leadership reflections for entrepreneurs. So for startups uh-huh. in those first 30 days, what are the key things you got to do to do that? And then the next book will be a mirror of our executive programming. So focusing on for executives, a resource where they can think about, okay, what kind of an impact do I have in my organization? Mm -hmm. What kind of culture do I want to craft? And what does that entail? How do I make sure my managers are making sound, responsible decisions? And we're putting some just mental exercises in place to help people with that. Oh, that's fantastic. And, you know, the, the one thing I took away from the, the, for the, the guide for new leaders is that, you know, you, I could 
literally give this book to a new leader without any knowledge of blue cord management. Uh, and and they it would be a really good resource for them to just think about what they're doing every day through that first. I think you have it 90 days, is, if I'm not mistaken. It's for 30 days. First 30, 30 days. days. Okay. Yep. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So the first 30 days. And then, of course, I, I'm always talking about the first 100 days. But mm-hmm. I think, but those first 30 days, just, just you have a daily activity every day. And I really like that. So I really like the way that's laid out. And like I said, if I have a new leader coming into an organization, that's something I can just give them right away and say, you know, follow this guide. It'll help you along your journey. And so I think the same thing with the experienced leader. I think that'll be a great resource as well. So. Yeah, and that's what they're meant for. It's not, it's, you know, it's the mental exercises, they're five, 10 minutes, or they can be all day. I mean, if you really want to dwell on it. Right. But it's right. something that just to get those gears turning and expose people to some ideas that they might not have thought of or that have slipped through the cracks, or maybe it was just something they never were able to articulate mm. before. They're like, oh, wait a minute, that's. Yeah, no, they're really good. And a lot of your leadership concepts in the book were very similar to the way my thinking is about people and 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 how you should be leading people. So I, I think there's a lot of there are a lot of gems in that book. And um, so I really I really thought it was well done. So I was excited when I saw the second book come out and I guess I figured it would be part of a series. So <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, so it's it's a cool little passion project of mine now. It's exciting to see the different stages and the growth in there. That's great. I have no idea what yeah. I'm going to do after these four. I'll find another one. Maybe I'm sure you want to get the members bug. or something of that. Right. Once you get, you the, get bug, the bug, you know? you're going you're gonna to keep yeah. going. Exactly. <laughs> well, very good. Um, so one of the things I, uh, I listen to your podcast all the time. I've subscribed because I think it's it's always very valuable and a lot of good insight um, for me as a business leader. So lately, not not the last. Uh, oh, I guess it was the last episode. You you addressed the issue of COVID nineteen and. Um, the fact that leaders are kind of in a situation now where they're in a bit of an unknown, right? The business mm-hmm. world has changed almost overnight. So talk a little bit about why leadership is so critical right now in this pandemic that we have. Oh, I mean, in this current environment, I mean, this is an unprecedented situation that none of us saw coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, your, your military, I, I don't know what the Naval equivalent for pace planning is, but primary alternate contingency emergency. This is somewhere... QRS for right, this situation. Right. So, and that for leaders is that's where we have to shine. Mm-hmm. So when the trains are running on time, when things are clicking away the way they're supposed to, a good manager is more than sufficient because we're just right. monitoring the Gantt charts, making sure people are accomplishing what they need to accomplish and managing time and resources. When the world gets upended and just the unexpected happens, that's when leaders have to rise up. That's where Tough decisions have to be made. Tough calls have to be Mm. addressed. Situations with, you know, often difficult perspectives have to be looked at. And the ultimate decision to what do we do moving forward with this for the good of all Mm. is incredibly, incredibly hard. So making those tough decisions, you absolutely have to have somebody who's a leader. You can't mm. just have somebody who's willing to keep the trains running on time because that train derailed a while back. You got to figure out what's what's next and you have to right, do it quickly right. and decisively. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Deep Leadership is brought to you by Strikeforce Energy. Strikeforce Energy is a veteran-owned company founded by a Navy SEAL and their products are all made in the USA. Strikeforce Energy is a liquid flavor pack that you can add into any beverage. It has zero calories, zero carbs, and zero sugar. 
Each pack contains 80 milligrams of caffeine. Strikeforce Energy is offering a discount to all the listeners of Deep Leadership. Go to strikeforceenergy.com and enter the discount code I have the watch, one word, for a 20% discount on every order. Deep Leadership is also brought to you by my Amazon best-selling book I Have the Watch, Becoming a Leader Worth Following. This book is filled with 23 short stories on how you can become a more effective leader. It's super easy to read and most people finish it in less than two hours. Go to IHaveTheWatch.com and click the large orange button for signed copies. Enter the discount code IHaveTheWatch, one word, at checkout for 20% off your order and domestic shipping is always free. Yeah, it's almost like, uh, you know, in the Navy terminology, when the seas are easy, right, gentle seas, anybody can, you know, sail a ship, anybody can mm-hmm. can uh, guide a ship uh, through the ocean, right? But when the when it's heavy seas, and you have a lot of storms, you want your most experienced sailor, you know, experienced mm-hmm. leader at the helm. And the other thing is that all the sailors are looking to that experienced yes. captain to lead them through mm-hmm. this crisis, right? So, I think people are looking for the shelter in the storm. They're looking for the lighthouse. They're looking for you to be a, you know, a guide to them yeah. as to, well, you know, cause they're thinking what's going to happen, what's mm-hmm. going to happen next. Right. And so I think leaders, this is where you get paid the big bucks, right? Yeah, if you have exactly. to lead in uh, these tough situations. Yeah. This is where you're in those big bucks because it's, yeah, people, your team members, they're used to the nine to five. They're used to mm-hmm. their jobs, their roles in the organization. They're not, thinking strategically. They're thinking, okay, tact- tactically, all of our tactics, everything that we've done before is completely upended. Now what? Right. And if you're right. at the helm and you're looking afraid and you can't make a decision, how do you think they feel? Right, right. And it's it's absolutely terrifying for them. So if you want to steer your people safe into the store, sta- into safe harbor, yeah, you're going to have to, you know, pull a few threads and you're going to have to pull at the lines in new ways and divine through difficult, uh, a difficult course, but you're going to get them there. And that's what you've got to be able to provide. And it doesn't matter. I mean, don't, the wrong decision is still a decision. It's that inaction and that freezing. That's what truly terrifies people and sets them apart or making a half a decision and, Oh, we'll just wait and see. We'll try this for a little bit and hopefully that'll work. I mean, there's, Hope's not a strategy. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you I think you're right. And I think I think we all one of the things that we're faced with right now is change, right? Um mm-hmm. there is whatever comfort zone we were in just three weeks ago is completely gone. And we're in this you know, a new world. I mean, um, yeah. you're seeing, you know, people working from home, you're seeing um you know, teachers teaching uh, remotely, you're seeing, um, you know, uh, just just everything is kind of turned upside. Mm-hmm. Restaurants are, are closed. People are laid off. The service industry is almost gone Crushed. now. Yeah. And um, so there's a lot of unknowns. And I think anytime you deal with change as a leader, it's difficult. But when you're change, when you change, when you're, you're, you know, the underlying, underlying foundation is completely removed. I think this is when people look to their leaders, right? I mean, oh, to, it's, ha- it's, to guide us through this change, right? <laughs> exactly. It's catastrophic. And 
there's there's a lot of interesting facets to this change because this is something that it's an external force. Mm. I mean, we have COVID, it's a virus, it's but it's going to pass. Mm. And so, yes, we're going to have some short-term, a lot of short-term disruptions because we need to socially isolate. We need to make mm. sure we're staying safe, that we're not, you know, contaminating people, especially the more vulnerable populations. So, and then even for, if we do get sick, we don't want so many people sick at once where it overwhelms the healthcare system. So, okay, we're going to have to take some short-term measures and it's really going to upend things. Right. But what's going to happen is, okay, two months from now, three months from now, whenever this thing starts to fade, what's next? And mm-hmm. that for leadership now is a really tough discussion. I've had a lot of conversations about that with people who've had to lay off employees. Okay, what's your mm-hmm. rehiring plan? What is that right. next step going to look like? Right. Or for the meantime, while your people are you know, furloughed or are you still keeping touch with them to maintain right. that relationship so that when you call them back up, say, hey, we want you to come back to work, they don't go, yeah, you know, I, I have the opportunity. I think we're going to look for some other opportunities. Yeah. And so you start planning ahead and you make sure that, yes, we have all of the measures in place to deal with everything we need to deal with now, mm. but we're still focusing two and three steps ahead. We're not, right, right. You, this is taken care of. The immediate situation is kind of rough, but it's okay. Now, when we start going back into to continue with the naval analogies, when we start going back into the harbor and we start offloading the ship and this is all done, what's the plan? What's it going to look like? Right, the, right. I personally, for me, my perspective, I'm, I think technology is, this is the perfect Petri dish for all this technology mm. where suddenly we're going to see a lot more remote work opportunities where we're going to see employees going, you know, you had me working remotely for the last two months and I kind of like it. I got used to it. Mm. Can I keep doing that? And a lot of bosses and a lot of organizations that might have been dragging their feet before are going to go, you know, I can look at your numbers. You were productive. You got the job done. Why are we? So we're going to start to see some of those shifts in the workplace. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so what your point is, is that we may not go back to no. uh, what we were three weeks ago, right? We, we, so this, we absolutely this, may not. <laughs> this, this has moved the needle somewhat towards things like remote work yeah. and, and uh, you know, this sort of digital connection to everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, no, I think it's, I think you're right. I think it's going to move in that direction. It's going to be really fascinating to see in the next two to three years, how this changes the way we do business. Mm, I know I agree. when we start looking at organizations and organizational change, when we have that large major upset, this is right now is the time where we see the greatest innovations because we're trying to figure out, how to do things better, right, right? how to deal with the crisis that's in front of us. And we're learning. We're learning a lot of valuable lessons. Yeah. So which of those lessons do we keep? And do we, and do we continue to espouse as we move forward? It's, mm. There's a lot of interesting ideas that are going to come out of all this. I mean, Zoom, we, we're using that to, for this conversation right now. Oh, I know. Their sysadmin right now is is got to be... <laughs> I don't know what's going on in his mind, but can you imagine traffic, that? You know, can you exactly. imagine being working at Zoom right now when you're working thinking- at Zoom and being the sysadmin and being the guy yeah. who's responsible for all these servers yeah. who's just completely spiked? Yeah. And knowing that this tool is just as useful, as powerful, and as everything else. Yeah. And yeah. Seeing some of my friends, you know, they're having thirsty Thursdays online with one another and having cocktail I've been, parties. I've been online. having happy hours. Yeah. Just like yeah. this. It's really interesting. So, so 
Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. Cool. We, we, I had, um, I do a morning meeting with all my employees at the, at the manufacturing business I run. And um, we actually had a long talk about this this morning. And I, I said, you know, business is not going to be the same going forward. But I said, I don't know what it's going to look like. I've got a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I said, I said, I've been thinking about a lot of questions, but I don't have a lot of answers just yet. And we were, and I told them as they were working today to start thinking about what are the things that our industry needs right now and that we are mm-hmm. uniquely qualified to do. And so, you know, I don't have the answers yet, yeah. but I've got some really good questions. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things I, I like to try to do in leadership is to try to use the collective wisdom of the team to be able to try to solve problems. Because right now, I don't have the answers. Yeah. I might be the leader. Mm-hmm. I might have a CEO title, but I don't have the answers. I've been doing no. this for 30 years, leading people, but I don't have the answers right now. Yeah. I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. So I think we as leaders have to really depend on our our, our experienced teams mm-hmm. to start thinking outside the box. Literally, there is no yeah. box. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, the box is gone. <laughs> it's completely gone. Yeah. 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 So I think but, it's a different, it's a really unique time right yeah. now. So, And that's something with, with that, with that story, John, I love that because it's, that's the humility that leadership has to have is we yeah. don't have all the answers, Yeah. but we say, Hey, here's the questions we have. What do you guys think? And soliciting yeah. those answers yeah. and, crowdsourcing it out a little bit because, hey, your manufacturing line or some of the guys who are in the trenches, they know, they see, and they're doing. So by all means, that collective wisdom is a powerful piece of an organization. Well, and I see there's opportunities too, right? Like the competitive uh, landscape just shifted, like completely Mm -hmm. shifted. So, you know, the the, the players in in the competitive landscape, they were all kind of set, they were all in their right positions, right? But that was before this pandemic, right? Now you've got a complete shakeup of the world, right? So who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna be the the next you know big player? Is it the one that's you know being the most innovative, the one that's going to come up with um, you know the, the the best answers? It's going to be the one that's the most flexible or, or quickest to to market with different opportunities. So I think. I think it's an opportunity for smaller companies like myself mm-hmm. to take advantage of the, you know, like a, a complete shift in the, in the market. So, yeah. Oh yeah, no, there's a huge opportunity. And because with the traditional markets, we're going to see that shift. And if we're using our time wisely right now, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to define what it looks like when we come out of this. Cause right. You know, right. Like I said, we know this is temporary. We know that it's a big outside force that is eventually going to go away. Yeah. So it's going to. It's not like ten years ago in two thousand eight where it was a foundational it problem. Was, yeah. Yeah. This is something that the foundation is still secure once we go back to business as usual. But the pieces are all going to be all over the place. So regathering them back together. Yeah. Yeah. And reforming the economy, the market chains, the industries. It's going to be an incredible dynamic, and it's it's like a going to be that set of Legos that you break apart and we get to rebuild almost. And it may look different. Yeah. It may it's when it's done. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So very cool. So one thing I was been writing on Twitter, I've, I follow, I'm connected to a lot of veterans online and um, I put, I put a tweet the other day and I said, I love watching veterans during crisis like this because they all have a little smirk on their, they're all kind of got a little <laughs> smile on their face and they've kind of like, it, it, maybe there's a little bit of like, okay, I, I, I've seen worse. Yeah. Um, so to explain maybe a little bit about, you know, what your observations have been with like between, um, you know, military leadership, you know, veterans in the business and maybe just sort of guys who hadn't been through that, yeah. uh, that past experience. I mean, the military is a crucible. 
Yeah. And you I've always come you out of that before. Yeah, the, yeah. When you come out of those crucibles, you, you're changed. You know, um, I can never have a bad day. You know, they're not, there's not mortars falling yeah. around me. I'm not driving down a road next to an IED or anything like that. So I can never really have a bad day. Yes. Yeah. So you start, you keep those experiences as relative as possible. And you just understand that this is something that, you know, I've put years of my life on pause before, as of you. I mean, when you go out on right, the boat, right. you find yourself in the sandbox, you're mission focused, you're okay. It's rough right now, but we have a job to do. Let's get it done. Right. And you just carry forward with that. You learn how to flex that muscle. That's something that for a lot of people in the civilian workforce who do or who don't have military experience, they've never had to endure that. They've never been through those crucibles. Hmm. And so this is their crucible. Right, right. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, I think veterans and, and uh, you know, guys that have had some military experience, uh, they can help their civilian, you know, colleagues, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that we we can help them and, and you know, basically talk to them about what, what got us through our tough times when we were in the military, right? I think, oh, exactly. I think we can be, I think that's a, that's an additive for mm-hmm. uh, military leaders in the civilian world so we can, we have that perspective, right? It could be a lot worse, right? Mm-hmm. We've been in, we've been in that a lot worse before, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's the things that got us through is a, it's a shared hardship. I mean, we all, you know, we're sitting on the fob in Iraq and we're all in the same boat. We're all yes. 20 of us are living in the same stinking tent, Yes, which quite literally is awful. 20 yes. treatment in a tent is not pretty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's um, so you can laugh about it. You can joke about it. You're, it's something that you're already in together. And then the second side of that is the strong leadership piece. Mm. It's you have people that you trust who are, I mean, it might not, you're far enough removed from the strategic decision-making like, okay, great. I don't know what General McChrystal is thinking right now, but that's cool because I'm concentrating right now on me and my team and my squad. And I trust my platoon sergeant. And that's what matters. Having that decisive element, at least locally, helps out a lot. It does. And I think you said this on one of your podcasts. One of the things in the military is, you know, it was it was the 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 person to your left and the person to your mm-hmm. right. That's what you cared about. That's what you were focused on. And I think in the tough times that we're dealing with, I think it's the same thing, right? It's yeah. the person to your right, it's the person to your left. It's taking care of your team and helping them through this this tough time as well mm-hmm. and being there for your people and and uh standing up together. And I know in my past experience, when I've gone through tough times with the business, I've always built deeper relationships with the people that I that went through those mm-hmm. tough times together. That I went through those tough times together with. So I I think these are these are good times in that you really build. You know, first of all, it tests your leadership skills, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, but it also you build these tight relationships with people that you go through these tough times together. Oh, there's going to be some incredible bonds coming out of this. And all of us yeah. are going to, you know, in spring of 2021, we're going to be looking back and that memory is going to pop up on Facebook and go, oh, yeah, that kind of sucked. Oh, it? yeah, that's right. <laughs> Look, there's me with a mask on. <laughs> yeah. So we're, and, you know, it's, but that's sort of the nature of these crucibles that we go through is yeah. they shape us, they form us. They form incredibly strong partnerships with the people that we share the hardships with. Right. And when we get through, we realize that we can. When we're on the onset or when in the midst of it, it sucks. Yeah. But when we're on the outside of it and we've gone through it, it's very easy to look back and go, yeah. Yeah. We did that. Yeah. 
you know, the, you, you appreciate the good times so much exactly. better when you've exactly. been through the bad times. You have mm-hmm. to have that darkness to see the light, right? You do. Yeah, excellent. No, that's really good. I, I, I really like that because I'm, I'm glad you're talking about it on your podcast because I think it's really important that leaders really need to step up right now and, mm-hmm. uh, and be that sort of uh, shelter in the storm is what I like to say. So yeah. I think that's really important. So you've, you've written a book on it. So I'm going to ask you this question. So what kind of advice would you give to new leaders getting started in a, in a leadership role? Say they just got, you know, um, they've got responsibility now for, for mm-hmm. a small team and it's their first leadership assignment. What are some, some words of advice to give to new leaders that are coming into a role like that? Be a sponge. There's yes. so much information out there. Absorb as much of it as you can. Make yes. the best decisions that you can, and don't be afraid to ask for advice. Mm. Is don't assume that you, because somebody trusted you in a leadership position that you know everything now. Is mm. you quite honestly really don't. So don't be afraid to find that good mentor, find a good coach, find mm-hmm. people who you know are going to give you some straight answers and help you through making the tough choices that you're going to have to make here in the near future. That's great. I like it. I uh, uh, I recently interviewed uh, one of the first uh, female submarine officers, and she that's exactly what she said. She said, "Be a sponge." Mm-hmm. Same words. That's why yeah. I smiled when you said that. So oh, I think great. it's really it's, good. It's great military advice. I know. Hey, be a sponge. Soak it up. Mm-hmm. Listen. Yeah. Observe. You know. Um, exactly. T- ask questions. Yeah. Exactly. So that's really good. Don't think you know all the answers because mm-hmm. you probably don't. So yep. I'm still struggling to find the answers. Thirty oh, yeah. years we into leadership, are. we so. all are. I mean, and that's that's a good humble side of leadership is we know we don't know everything and we're just constantly intellectually curious to find out. Yes. Yeah. No, that's great. Outstanding. So I've been asking all of my guests this. And so I'll get, I'll get your Mm -hmm. opinion on this. What are some characteristics of a great leader? Humility, inquisitiveness. There's so many characteristics, but I think the big thing is um, it's confidence for Mm. leaders. And it's not an it's not a abrasive sort of confidence. It's not a cockiness. It's that quiet professional competence that leads to a strong just demeanor and confidence. Mm. And being able just to even when you are in the storm, you don't know what's going on. Being able to say, "I have the resources to go to to get me through this." Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I've been talking with um, somebody here local and locally in Raleigh about this, about, um, so the question is during crisis management, right? You mentioned it. Uh, and I think it's important is you, you have to be confident, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you don't want to panic because, you know, if you panic, your, your team's going to panic. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think the other side of it is, is that you have to show a level of uh, humanity, you know, and, 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 and you mentioned humility, but just saying, you know, being honest and, and transparent saying, I don't have the answers yeah. here, but here's, you know, here's what we're going to do, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's, there's, there's a little balance being made by, by leaders in this time. Right. So you don't want to be cocky. Like I've got yeah. all the answers. I've got this. Don't worry about mm-hmm. it. No, so, that's, but, that's but, but you have to be that's, confident. Yeah. You have to be confident, but I think you have to, you have to show your humanity as well and, and be very empathetic to, the struggles that people are going through right now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's the kind of confidence that it's a quiet competence. It's, Mm. you know, and I got asked very early on in one of my early seminars, well, how do I appear more confident as a leader? Mm. And it took me a while to find the best answer for that. 
I don't remember the way I answered it back then, but it wasn't as good as I feel I can answer it now, which is it's the secure knowledge in what your abilities are. You're, and it's a good self-awareness of here's the answers I have, here's the answers I don't have, and here's where I go to find out the stuff, to fill those gaps for the answers that I don't mm. have. That's, where you, that's how you cultivate that confidence is really being secure in your knowledge base. Wow, that's good stuff. Really good. So leaders, are you listening to that? That's some really good advice by Ed right there. So really Thank powerful. Thank you. So, uh, Ed, um, how can people connect with you, find out more about Blue Cord Management, find out about your books, your podcasts? What's the best way to find these resources? Oh, there's a ton of great resources. So look me up online. By all means, my website is www.bluecordmgmt.com. And I'm on social media, Twitter and Facebook at, at Blue Cord MGMT. Those are the easiest ways to get a hold of me. Feel free to shoot me a direct message or there's a contact form on the website with that'll send me an email. And your podcast is called? And my podcast is the Leadership Update Brief. You can see the links on bluecordmanagement.com as well as it's available on Apple, on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio and all the top podcast services. Great, fantastic. Now, and I'll put all of these links uh, in the show notes for this uh, for this episode, so you'll be able to find Ed uh, easily. So, Ed, this has been really helpful and really uh, insightful. So, I really appreciate your time. And and again, I encourage everyone who's listening to this podcast to listen to Ed's podcast because I think you're going to get so much out of his knowledge, his experience. He brings that you know that leadership experience he had from the military. He brings it into business. And he gives you a lot of really good practical ways to be a great leader. So I highly encourage you to look up Ed and to listen to what he's got to say, because uh, we just scratched the surface uh, in this short half hour. But uh, Ed's got a lot more to say. So thank you, Ed. I really appreciate you being on the show. Thank, thank you, John. It's great to be here. Okay. Well, that's it for today. So thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying, take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care.